Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello, welcome back everyone. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. And this podcast has officially been cursed by Celestial Jesus. You've been warned. (laughs) So some weird shit will probably happen during this episode, (laughs) even possibly while you're listening, because literally... (laughs) As Katie always says, you know, Mormon God and Mormon Jesus, they're petty bitches, and they have (laughs) cursed our laptops once again. (sighs) Rest assured, though, I'm getting a new fucking laptop in the next month, so hopefully. Hopefully the uh, Celestial Jesus won't be able to get his little fingies on our (laughs) new laptops. Uh, Get uh, your little grubby paws off of uh, our equipment. I swear to Celestial Jesus, though, if this new laptop, something happens with it as well, then we'll know. We'll know, and then I'll actually believe in the Mormon church, because I'll be like, okay, this is real. No, Uh, I'm not going to allow you to do that. (laughs) That is not allowed. You will be fired. (laughs) You will be fired. (laughs) Excommunicated. (laughs) Well, today I have a very special lesson um boy i found this again on the church's website churchofjesuschrist.org wrote (laughs) and this comes from something called the latter-day saint woman basic manual for women part a lesson nine oh no i'm already getting like ptsd and all the the bad feelings in my tum-tum Oh, no. Don't no. poop your pants during this. <laughs> I make no promises. <laughs> A smart, smart woman. <laughs> so this is, we're, we're essentially going to Relief Society today because this lesson would be taught in Relief Society, which, yeah, I'm going to get hives. Just kidding. Probably not. But yeah, the PTSD from Relief Society. Can you just envision the room? With the I, carpeted walls and the windows. I just Yes. It's so weird. Like it's so fucked up. But as soon as you even said Relief Society, my mind went straight to being in the room. Like mm-hmm. all the rooms I've been in for Relief Society and they're all the same. I can smell it. I can see the women, like the Relief Society presidency. I mean there's there's a lot of perfume happening. A and- lot of perfume, a lot of clicks happening because you know you have like the older women who sit with like certain people, then you have like the young women and then you have the mid singles ish women who sit together. And then there was me that tried out like I was paying attention, but most of the time I was on my phone. Um, (laughs) It's like the class. that's just like a throwaway unless you're super righteous and Molly Mormon. Yeah. It's like, Oh, where do we put the women? Oh, let's put them in this back room. And, and I feel like, all the chairs were always set up in a certain way. Like they had the, the three kind of sections. Can you envision it? Yep. Oh, that's so interesting how that's done. Oh my God. Colt. Anyway. Okay. So this particular lesson from the manual part a lesson nine is titled chastity and modesty. Oh, fucking hell. (laughs) Okay. It says, the purpose of this lesson is to help us live the law of chastity and teach our children to do likewise. So not only are we learning about how we can be chaste and modest, but how we're supposed to teach our children this as well. Teach them 
teach them your shame. Yeah. But also, I just want to say, like, when they say children, they really mean if you have daughters. Because right. they're not teaching this to their, their most of the time. Like, right. I mean, I mean, our male listeners, um, feel free to correct us. But I don't think that the priesthood lessons involve how to teach your children about chastity and modesty. Like, no. I just don't. I think that it's put on the mothers to then yeah. teach their intern daughters. Because let's be real. They don't. M- modesty isn't really a thing for the men. No. Yeah. Okay. Within our bodies, God has provided a sacred power. It is the power. (laughs) Sorry, that's so sexual. I know, a sacred power. Uh, It is the, God, I'm just, I feel so weird. Okay. It is the power to create other bodies so that life may continue upon the earth to help us preserve the sanctity of this power and use it wisely. God has given us the law of chastity. I the sanctity of this power it's just already so loaded with shameful language like if you don't use your sacred power in the right way then you're dirty right I mean first of all I kind of want to start calling it sacred power now so (laughs) I should just be like Greg should I use my sacred power on you tonight I was gonna say when Greg gets home tonight be (laughs) like hey baby I have a sacred power. Is, is uh, the- <laughs> I mean, he is at a wedding. He's going to come home very drunk. So he'd probably be like, I'm into it. Let's be honest. Um, let's fucking go. <laughs> he'll be like, all right, let's go. But yeah, sacred power. It's just like, uh, I, I don't just even know. I don't have words. Like, the term sacred annoys me in, in this context because it's like, okay, Yes, your sexuality is very special and you do with it what, you know, what works for you, right? But like in this context, it's almost as if God owns it and you're just borrowing it. Which always made me feel so uncomfortable. And I know we've talked about it in multiple episodes, but the whole like waiting for marriage to have sex and intimacy in that level like it just it it always confused me as a Mormon because I'm like just I just can't imagine God caring like if you're married or not because that's a piece of paper right so what what changes all of a sudden you're married now God's like yes you may now have sex and it's fine whereas before you're married it's not sacred yeah and And then like why does he care it's curvy right like why does he care about your sex life if you're happy and safe, like why, what kind of a God would care when there's all these other problems in the world? Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Okay. To be chaste also means avoiding all impure thoughts and actions that cause us to desire wrong. We must not allow the standards of an immoral world to influence us. Again, us versus them. Insider versus outsider. Don't let the world influence you. Don't even think anything impure. (laughs) Which is, again, I know we've talked about it before, but definitely what I thought when I first left the church was, oh, my God, now I'm going to, you know, enter the the impure world and everyone's just going to be these like animals who only want sex and (laughs) blah, 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 blah. And that's it. And it was not the case at all. Like, you know, of course, I had my wild streak where that did happen. 
But for the most part, like, it's not like every non-Mormon is just like, all right, I'm just, all I want you for is to have sex all the time, anywhere, ravenous, blah, blah, blah. It just, it doesn't happen. Like, it's not. No, no. It, it's almost taught to you as if, like, oh, if you leave the church or if you decide to have sex outside of marriage, it's going to lead to all these other things. Like, first of all, you're going to become depressed. You're probably going to get an STD. Next yep. thing you know, you're hooked on heroin and you're homeless. <laughs> it like, always makes me think of Mean Girls where it's like, if you have sex, you will die, basically. If you get, have sex, you will get chlamydia and you'll die. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. It's like, oh, that's, yeah, that's a leap. Um, <laughs> so living the law of chastity is important because it is a commandment of God. The scriptures tell us that chastity is most dear and precious above all things. See, we don't make this shit up, you guys. Like, no, this is why it's one of the worst sins you could ever commit in the Mormon church. Yeah, it's the worst besides murder. Yep. The Lord said, for I, the Lord God, delight in the chastity of women and whoredoms are an abomination before me. That's from Jacob 2.28. That's an actual scripture. Oh, wow. That's so problematic. Yeah. Whoa. I, the Lord God, delight in the chastity of women. Mind your own business, Lord. Like, but it's also just so pervy, like how it's yeah. being read. And it's just like, ugh. I know. It's gross. Uh, living the law of chastity will bring us great blessings from the Lord. It will help us have self-respect and free us from a guilty conscience. I want to just pause and say, fuck all the way off with that. <laughs> because people who have sex outside of marriage, which, hi, it's me. Um, I'm not married yet, <laughs> but I have self-respect, fuckers. Exactly. <laughs> and the only reason why you'd feel guilty or ashamed, whatever the fuck word they use, is because they brainwash you into thinking it's bad. That's <laughs> the only reason why. It's not a bad thing if it's done with consent and it's, you know, you feel good about it. Then yeah. it's a beautiful, amazing thing. So yeah. the guilt, the guilt comes from the church, not from the sex. Exactly. Oh, shit. This next line, we called it. It will help us avoid sexually transmitted diseases and the related suffering. No way. No way that is in this actual lesson. It actually says that. Like, as if if they would just do basic sex ed, you would know how to avoid STDs. Like, it's very simple. My <laughs> mouth is on the floor. What are my jaw? Like, what the actual fuck? Could you imagine, Katie, sitting in Release Society <laughs> and the teacher saying that? No, no, I, this is an actual lesson, you guys, like, wow. you can find this on their website. Uh, okay, in addition, living the law of chastity will help us be worthy both of others' trust and of guidance from the Holy Ghost. What? So, it means that if you're, if you're a virgin, you're more trustworthy? <laughs> you're what? a virgin? Who can't drive. <laughs> You're a virgin who can't drive. Oh, man. <laughs> Most important, we must be chaste to enter the temple and be married for time and all eternity. Chastity will help us enjoy a happy family life on this earth, and it will help us 
be worthy to continue our family life eternally. Boom. I mean, I just can't. I think also they use the word chastity as if it's synonymous with loyalty or like being faithful in a marriage like that. Okay, fine. If you're going to say like within a marriage, you should be or any relationship. If you're in a monogamous closed relationship, then yeah, being faithful. But they make it sound like chastity is the same as being faithful. I don't know. It just really annoys me. They use it as the same way and make it sound like, mm-hmm. okay, you, you can only have sex within marriage. And even then, it's always that basically they're saying, yeah, you can have sex within marriage, but keep it very, very vanilla, which is fine if you like if that. that's what you want. Right. But they, shouldn't, you, they shouldn't tell you. Also, you're not allowed to masturbate even when you're married. That, to me, blows my fucking mind. Why? I, know. I did not. I never understood that as a Mormon. Like. Why would it matter at that point? Because like, Mormon God is a perv and watches you and cares. I don't know. <laughs> uh, because also it's like that gray area where I remember asking this question, not not to a teacher, but it was in one of my like young single singles wars or I don't remember. It was something like in Utah um, where I was asking like, well, can you have like a vibrator after you're married? Like, would that be allowed? Yeah. And everyone was like, Ooh, what? <laughs> Sarah brought up a sex toy. Ah, oh, the Holy Ghost has left the chat. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone. He's not vibing with the vibrator. <laughs> uh, like what? But then there were some women who were already like married of like friends of mine in Utah who did use vibrators. I was so confused as this little Molly Mormon, like, I don't get it. Can you, or can you not? I don't understand. Yeah. It's so stupid. It's stupid that it's even a thing. Like you, they shouldn't even be meddling in your sex life in the first place. Um, okay. Breaking the law of chastity is a serious sin. It can bring us sorrow and destroy our self respect. Um, Again. no, hi. Nope. Doesn't do it. No. Nope. It <laughs> can It makes me feel much better about myself and my uh-huh. self-esteem. And I have more respect for myself because I am doing what my body naturally wants to do. Yep. With uh, being married, like, or in, like, before being married and after being married. It's just, exactly. it doesn't matter. Yeah. It can burden us with guilt. Okay. <laughs> Un, this okay. You're gonna have to tell me, English English scholar, if this oh, is no. a real word. Unchastity. Is that a word? A real that word? That does not sound natural at all. Unchastity. No. Yeah, it says unchastity can cause distrust of family members and eventually disrupt the family. What? Who? Who's gonna know? You're like, are you going to tell your whole family like, oh, hey, yeah, I just uh, fucked this guy the other night. Like, what? Why would your family care, first of all? But also, like, why would they know? And is it are they going to be reported? I mean, that like the episode before that would say that. (laughs) Oh, right. Yes. Here's the thing. It's like, like, I kind of get this a little bit because, okay, say you give your boyfriend a blowjob. And then you feel guilty about it because of the church. So then you go confess to your bishop and then your bishop tells you, you can't take the sacrament because you did such a naughty no, no. And then your family sees you not taking Ah, the sacrament 
And then they're like, what awful thing did you do? And then there's family drama. But it's all because uh, of the church. It's not because of what, it's not because of the BJ. <laughs> exactly. It's not because of the BJ. Yeah, now, I, yeah, that makes, that's a very good point. It's not like you're telling your family. It's that you have to confess and then you tell you your bishop and then. Yeah. I mean, this oh is, my God. I mean, basically the scenario you just described was exactly something that I went through in Berlin, but I didn't have my family and I didn't actually do the BJ, but I talked about it. <laughs> so I had to confess my sins because uh, I talked about it with my boyfriend at the time. And how dare you talk about it? Oh yep. my, wow. Wow. Yep. Again, this word, unchastity makes a person unworthy of the guidance of the Holy Ghost. And there they are throwing that word unworthy. I hate it so much. It's constantly okay. drilled into you that you're not worthy because of this. And especially women, it's always yeah. tied to their quote unquote virtue and chastity. Ugh. Like, Ew. Ugh. hate it. It can bring children into the world outside of a family unit. <laughs> okay. Oh God. I also, Imagine being a single mother listening to this, or if you did have a yeah. child when you weren't married. It's just like, oh, okay. Um, church members who break the law of chastity break sacred covenants with God. Misusing the sacred power of creation in any way may cause us to lose the privilege of eternal progress. Oh, they are about the sacred power again and eternal life and base. It also makes me think of like the only promise or blessing that women have in the afterlife is that they will be sealed for all time and eternity to their husband who will have multiple wives. And then they just continue to procreate in heaven. It just sounds terrible. It sounds absolutely fucking awful. Yeah. Sign me out. No. <laughs> Um, outside of marriage, sexual relations are serious sins that stain the lives of those involved. Such stains can be removed only through repentance. So apparently I'm covered in stains. I mean, uh, again, my mind's going somewhere. So partially <laughs> that's true. But I mean, just the imagery, does it not make you think about all the lessons that they have around this? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now on to the section called how to teach chastity to children. Oh, oh joy. I cannot believe so here's, this section. Here's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to display a poster up on the board of this following list. This is the list of how you're supposed to teach chastity to children. It says, help children understand the nature and sacredness of body functions. Give children love. Encourage proper dating standards encourage modest dress, and set the proper parental example. So that's up on the board, okay? Okay. <laughs> and then here's the lesson. Children are naturally curious about their bodies. At the right moments, parents can explain simply the appropriate ways of caring for our bodies. Parents should also help their children understand that our bodies are too personal and sacred to be handled inappropriately by ourselves or by others. I agree with like most of this yes that's fine but I don't I think that they're when they're saying handled inappropriately by ourselves they're talking about flicking the bean or jerking the turk <laughs> they're not talking about like self-harm there I don't think <laughs> no they're not of course they're not they're talking about 
Good old masturbation. Uh-huh. Children's attitudes will reflect the attitudes of their parents. If parents laugh at improper jokes, view questionable movies or television programs, or permit suggestive books or magazines in their home, children will learn the wrong attitudes. You guys, this is why <laughs> when I was in college at BYU and I went to my cousins for Thanksgiving one year and they put on the movie uh, Wedding Crashers. I <laughs> Oh my God, I love that movie. <laughs> I lo- but I felt so guilty. Like I was like crying on the inside. I was like freaking the fuck out because the opening scene is just like tits everywhere. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, my God. Like, (laughs) I remember just like going home and repenting and just being like, and and this is why, because I wasn't allowed to watch anything like that growing up because my mom listened to these lessons. Mm -hmm. She's not Mm -hmm. permitted in our house. Yeah. And it was it almost like makes it so much more taboo than it actually is. You know, now I can see a movie like that and it's not, I'm not like fixated on the boobs, but back when I was just coming out of Mormonism, it's like, you see a boob on TV and you're just like, (gasps) Oh, exactly. (laughs) Now I'm just like, Oh, those are nice boobs. They're like, Oh, those look like mine or those don't look like mine. Or actually in like TV and not, yeah, I'm all if they have any of those scenes, I'm always looking at more of the how they did it, like the behind the scenes where I'm like, mm-hmm. how do they do that? Well, I wonder how that is to work on a set like that where it's like a job <laughs> and you're like, yeah, have to wear the little sock that's like a nude sock and like our new panties. Like that's where my mind goes now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's nice to be liberated from that. Um, <laughs> all right, on to more ickiness. We should also help children understand gender roles. Oh, no. This will help a child have a good feeling about being a girl or a boy. Parents who feel. I can't believe this is in here. (gasps) I know. I know. Parents, Parents who feel good about their roles as men and women pass this feeling along to their children. Wow. Uh, Just so much. So much is messed up in those few sentences that we probably don't even need to break it down. It's kind of just no, that's explanatory there. I mean, as if, as if every little girl wants to have those gender roles just thrust upon her. Wow. Uh, but also imagine like if you're in really society and you you're in a female body but you don't identify as a woman and you're Mm -hmm. just like thinking wow I'm supposed to just suck it up and accept my gender roles and love being a woman when I'm not a woman Uh, yeah the the Mormon church is so transphobic it's yeah children uh must also be taught that the Lord has commanded that sexual relations be reserved for marriage and then you're supposed to display a visual entitled 9A, and it says, a mother's love is a blessing to her family. Oh, oh God. It's that pressure <laughs> again that it's all on the mom, and they have to teach you to be super righteous and virtuous. Okay. Uh-huh. <sighs> now we're moving on to the section called Encourage Proper Dating Standards. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. President Spencer W. Kimball said that in any dating or pairing off in social contacts, 
should be postponed until at least the age of 16 or older. So, yeah, that's a thing. If you guys are never Mormons, uh, Mormons aren't allowed to date until they're 16. Yep, which is super embarrassing if you grow up somewhere that's not Mormon culture because Mm -hmm. everyone is dating and you're that person that's like, and I'm not allowed to date until I'm 16. And then people are like, oh, because your parents. You're like, no, because of my church. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, even if like, even if you get invited to prom and it's the day before your 16th birthday, if you're a Molly Mormon, you will decline the yep. prom date because yep. you're not officially 16 yet. Which and even, <laughs> yeah, and even then it's like, I mean, I'm sure it'll say it in this lesson coming up, but you have to, you're supposed to go only on group dates, even when mm-hmm. you first start dating. Like they don't want you to pair off individually. Yep. <laughs> Uh, Young people are encouraged to have only casual and friendly relationships until after boys have fulfilled missions. Oh, my God. (laughs) And then once the boys get back from their mission, it's like, hurry up and get married. (laughs) Yeah, immediately. It's like that. I mean, isn't it the weirdest thing when you think about it, Katie? I was thinking about this other day, how, like, it was just considered normal being around guys who got home from their mission and them just being like, got to get married, got to get married, got to get married. And I was just like, yeah, that's that's normal. And yeah. now you're outside the church and you're like, what the actual fuck? That is so weird. It's like, very weird. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's we didn't really think anything of it. It was just like, well, yeah, you're you're 19 and the guy's 21. They want to get married. Just go for it. You've just met him last week. <laughs> yeah, and you just like wouldn't be shocked at all if you like if you're in a ward and the missionary comes home and you find out they're engaged, like six months later, four months later, it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Or even like a month later. Yeah. Happened. Or a month. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Elder Richard G. Scott offered this counsel. As you seek an eternal companion, look for someone who is developing the essential attributes that bring happiness, which are a deep love of the Lord and his commandments, a determination to live them, one that is understanding, forgiving of others, and willing to give of self with the desire to have a family crowned with beautiful children and a commitment to teach them the principles of truth in the home. I mean, again, if you took out like 2% of that, it is good. And then the rest is just absolute bullshit. Yeah. It's, and it's just like, I don't know, maybe people have different ideas of what they want in a partner. Not everyone has the exact same. It's like, Oh, I need someone who's just willing to give of themselves all the time. It's like, eh, Maybe balance there, you know? <laughs> exactly. And obviously, the first thing on my list when I looked for a partner wasn't their love of God. <laughs> <laughs> like you go on your first date. Okay, tell me how much do you love God? <laughs> Scale of one to ten. Uh, Elder Scott also emphasized the importance of chastity in courtship, saying, to commit in courtship intimate acts intended to unfold only within the bonds of marriage is transgression. I feel like the bonds of marriage, like, makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, and not in a um, good way, not in a good bondage way. Just like, Oh, right, right. Yeah. Just like, ugh. Such activity offends the Holy Ghost, lays the foundation for heartache <sighs> disappointment, and could mask traits or characteristics that could prove conflictive or incompatible within the covenant of marriage. 
I mean, again, a Holy Ghost is like, ooh, don't confuse me. Don't make me angry. <laughs> don't make don't make me offended. Yep. And then how he says, like, if, if you ha- are intimate, it could mask traits or characteristics that could prove conflictive or incompatible. I want to say that um, if you don't have sex before marriage, you might come to realize that you're totally sexually incompatible. So, uh, right. You know. <laughs> honestly, when you're talking about like earlier in the lesson, my, my brain was trailing off and thinking about that, like how, again, we're taught to just not have sex before marriage, not do anything before marriage. And imagine what if you, yeah, you got married and you're just like, well, I'm not physically attracted to you in that way after I'm allowed to do it or just not compatible. Like you like certain things, they don't like the same things or, yeah yeah and and (laughs) these poor mormon boys too like they're not really given education on how to please a woman i feel like most of them learn how to have sex through porn which isn't everyone every woman's cup of tea and so then it's like they don't really know and the woman hasn't been taught to she she's not allowed to even touch herself so she doesn't even know what feels good to her it's just a mess it's a whole mess mess. like honestly I think about what if what would have happened if I stayed in the church and I got married and the first time I had sex was with a Mormon guy it would just be night and day from again when I first had sex I still wasn't like oh my god I'm a pro and I know everything that that wasn't the case but my head was in a much better state and I had like watch porn I had like you know talked to close friends had a bit more insight but I imagine that not being the case and just how awkward as fuck first of all it would be mm-hmm. but also I would have no idea what I would want and I would have no idea how to communicate that to a Mormon husband no no and you, you're probably just focused on him being happy because yeah that's like, what, what you're taught yeah yep a hundred percent Next section is called Encourage Modest Dress. Yay. I'm sighing inside. Um, (laughs) Since since the time of Adam and Eve, the Lord has asked his children to cover their bodies. Until Eve was tempted by Satan in the Garden of Eden, she and Adam did not know they were naked. After eating of the forbidden fruit, they became aware of their nakedness. They tried to cover their most sacred parts with aprons of fig leaves. However, (laughs) I know it's just so silly it's so silly however the lord's standards for modesty are greater and he gave them coats of skins to cover themselves even though at that time they were alone in the world so yeah even if you're alone you need a cover-up you need it that's wild yeah and that's again we've talked about it sorry we talked about it in other episodes but that's what perpetuates a lot of I, I think like confidence issues, self-esteem issues, body image issues, because you're just taught yeah. to never be nude, to never look at your body, like love mm-hmm. your body, you know, show it off, all of those things, because it's always like it's sacred. You need to keep covered. It's not modest, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So you're just like taught that you need to be covered at all times, which doesn't help you to embrace and love your body either. No. Yeah. I'm, I feel like almost every ex-Mormon, especially ex-Mormon woman that I know um, has some sort of body image issue. Like, yeah. Uh, The Lord's standards of modesty are not those of the world. 
Of course. (laughs) From the prophet Joseph Smith through our recent prophets, our leaders have asked us to create our own styles and fashions. (laughs) Mormon fashion. (laughs) (laughs) Downeast outfitters. Downeast. I was just about to say it. Downeast. (laughs) With just like the super long tank tops, the camis that go under everything. And then you have the cap sleeves and it's just the whole thing. The whole thing. The ones with the lace at the bottom. <laughs> yep. We had one in every color. Yep. Yeah. Uh, President Brigham Young described the kind of fashion that is a model for us. So this is a quote from Brigham Young telling Mormons, Mormon women, what they should wear. Okay. Wow. Quote, Suppose that a female angel were to come into your house and you had the privilege of seeing her. How would she be dressed? She would be neat and nice, her countenance full of glory, brilliant, bright, and perfectly beautiful. And in every act, her gracefulness would charm the heart of every beholder. There is nothing needless about her. None of my sisters believe that these useless, foolish fashions are followed in heaven. Well, then, pattern your lives after good and heavenly things. (laughs) I mean, first of all, I'm pretty sure in heaven, no one's going to be wearing clothes. So what the fuck are you talking about anyways? (laughs) Like, that would be a weird heaven if everyone's like, oh, we we brought these earthly things called clothes to heaven. Like, what? There are no tube tops in heaven, I tell you what. (laughs) (laughs) there should be no tube tops in general I still have never been a fan of a tube top but that's you know what I I kind of I'm kind of interested in trying it out because I I didn't ever wear one when I was a Mormon and now I see that they're kind of like coming back and I'm like hmm don't get me wrong I think they're really cute on most women I mean all women whoever wants to wear it but for me I think because it's like short big titties I just like constantly am pulling it up and maybe they've changed that was like a long time ago the last time I wore a tube top and it was like under something so you know right yeah I can imagine I'd be I'd be nervous about popping right out you know (laughs) it'd have to be secure (laughs) I mean I don't even care anymore because I pop my tit out all the time to feed my son and just leave it out. Maybe it'd be, maybe it'd be extra convenient for you. Maybe you need to get on the two top train, like flop it on out. No. (laughs) I mean, it's to the point now where Greg will be like, um, I think he's done feeding. You can put it up. I'm like, Oh, it's still out. Oh, okay. You're like, Oh, I was just giving it some air. Let it breathe. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Maybe there are tube tops in heaven. We shall see. So, (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, Brigham Young, gross. Don't talk about women that way. And how he was saying, like, she just needs to be neat and nice and perfectly beautiful. Okay. Cool. Fuck off. Uh-oh. Yeah. We can measure our standards of modesty by asking ourselves, how would I feel about my clothing if I knew the prophet were to visit in my home? How many times have you heard this? So many times. And I wish back in the day I would have been like, I would have fucking loved it. I would shove his face in between my tits and motorboat him. How about that? <laughs> Hope you like this low cut top. Whee! I just did a shimmy just so you all know. <laughs> um, is my clothing a good example of what a Latter-day Saint girl or woman should wear? Again, see, focused on the women. Oh, we 
we should practice modesty within our own homes. Even small children should be modestly dressed and taught about modesty. There it is. The body image issues. Like, even when you're at home, don't walk around in your underwear. Don't walk around in a tank top because shame. (laughs) I mean, it's your (sighs) home. I know. I can't imagine like just being perfectly covered all the time. I'm in very short shorts and a tank top right now. Like, yeah, same. I'm I'm, I'm literally (laughs) in the same outfit right now. Uh, I'm so glad we got out of this. (laughs) Get ready for this next paragraph. Oh man. We are responsible for the effect our dress standards have on others. Wow. And you guys, Again, for people who argue saying that we just exaggerate and it's not the truth, everything we talk about is verbatim in this lesson. So fuck right off. It's an actual Relief Society lesson. Yep. Anything that causes improper thoughts or sets a bad example before others is not modest. It is especially important that we teach young girls not to wear clothes that would encourage young men to have improper thoughts. Wow. Wow. Mormon trolls, you can fuck right off because that's verbatim. And you they come like and they make all this fuss saying that we exaggerate everything. We do not. That's right from we, the lesson. Literally though, it's from the lesson. It's saying that women are responsible and we yeah, it, it's down to us if a guy has improper thoughts because of how we're dressed. Like rape culture. That's I was gonna what say it's is. literally rape culture. Wow. And you're supposed to ask the class, what styles are common today that we ought to avoid? Okay. Um, so anything above the knee, right? Any short skirt, dress, or shorts. Uh-huh. You're not supposed to show your shoulders. You're not supposed yep. to show your back. You're not no supposed cleavage. To cleavage, no stomach. So it rules out, like, everything, basically, <laughs> except for, like, long skirts and tops that are long and like long and then also have sleeves um and you forgot tankinis <laughs> <laughs> tankinis are pretty risque <laughs> <laughs> okay modesty can help us keep our chastity we need to choose styles that are pleasing both to us and the lord again what kind of God would give a shit about what you wear? Like if he supposedly created us, which I don't believe in any of that, but if he supposedly created us, why is he so obsessed with us covering ourselves? Why are you so obsessed with me? Why are you so obsessed with me? And like, why do you care if I show my belly button? Like, Exactly. What? Especially if he created us and we were in the nude to begin with, we're born naked, then why yeah. does it matter? Why? Exactly. It's, I mean, we, we know it's all about control and submission of women, but yep. thinking about it critically. Okay. So here we're getting into the conclusion. President Spencer W. Kimball, oh, they love quoting him, speaking, mm-hmm. to, speaking to Latter-day Saint girls in Mexico City said, quote, you are daughters of God. You are made in the image of our heavenly mother. Your body is sacred to you and precious. Okay. So mention of Heavenly Mother, that's right. I was going to say, I've, uh, that's unusual. But again, like saying that you're, you know, you're precious, sacred, you're daughters of God, blah, blah, blah. Like, so then why can't they just wear whatever they feel comfortable in? 
Why do you yeah, have to, exactly. like, police them and make them feel bad about showing certain parts of their body? I don't, doesn't, doesn't jive, you know? No. Our bodies are the temples where our spirits dwell. Ugh, it's always the thing. Our bodies are temple. Your body is a temple, so don't <laughs> tattoo it. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> no unclean thing can dwell with God. So keeping our bodies pure and clean is an important part of being worthy to return to live with our Heavenly Father. Again, yeah, you need your unclean. You're not worthy. All right, now to set before we give the closing prayer, (laughs) (laughs) you're supposed to challenge all of the Relief Society women to this challenge, which is check your wardrobe to be sure all your clothes are modest. Place a chair in front of a mirror at home. Have each family member sit in the chair and decide how to be modest in dress and posture. If applicable, Discuss with your husband the importance of teaching chastity and modesty to your children. This is so problematic. Like, also, it's weird as fuck to have, like, a chair in front of a mirror and you're like, hi, kids, family activity. We're going to see what's modest and sit in these chairs. But then to get your husband, like, he has the final say-so because he's the priesthood holder and he's going to tell us what's modest. But you're supposed to start it and kind of, you know, you're the one because we, we know this is about girls. We know that it, it's kind of creeping me out because I think part of what they're insinuating is you're supposed to sit in a chair and maybe your daughter has like a skirt or a dress on. So you're supposed to see how much it rides up when she sits down. And also you're supposed to make sure that like she's crossing her legs so that people don't look up there. Like that's what the mirror, that's what the mirror is for, right? To like make sure like whatever it just creeps me out it's like it's not let little girls be little girls and I don't know and then yeah well if if you want to you can you can get your husband involved but you know this is really you just need to teach your your children shame your baby girls shame yeah (laughs) I don't think that like hardly any of my clothes would pass this test (laughs) I don't think I own one piece of clothing maybe my sweatpants Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe sweatpants, but definitely. I don't even think, like, if you're a true, like, Molly Mormon, I don't think they wear leggings unless they're underneath a skirt. Yeah, that's true. You're not allowed. Yeah, because it's too provocative. It's too, like, tight. too tight. Yep. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, that's the lesson. Uh, That's what you would be taught. Mm -hmm. Good thing I'm confident in my body images and my worthiness looking at my tattoo right now it says worthy because I'm wearing hoochie mama shorts and they're so short that I can't see my tattoo yes so yes love I it. love it I love it yeah I, I mean yeah I guess I'm doing like double duty in the no-no department because I'm wearing short shorts and they're also like the biker shorts you know like the leggings oh, but in short tight. form so they're super tight and they're short I'm really sticking it to celestial Jesus oh, right now my god <laughs> that's why he cursed our laptops Katie. oh it was from our shorts yep yep <laughs> that's what he cares about yeah <laughs> <laughs> well thanks for coming along with me thank you listeners we love you you guys are the best 
And yeah. thank you for preparing that lesson. What a doozy. It's now Love reminding me of how much I hated Relief Society and those awful talks about chastity and worthiness and modesty. What? What? Hate it. What? Hate it. <laughs> uh, all right. We'll be back next week. We'll talk to you guys later. We'll be back. Bye. Bye.